Okay, we are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, along with Lori Carter. And Lori, we have a new pursuit. Lay it on us. Okay, on February 3rd, 2019, nine-year-old Serenity Denard went missing from the Black Hills Children's Home Society in South Dakota. Having gotten to an argument with the staff, Serenity left the gym through a one-way exit that locked behind her. This was at 10.45 a.m. There were three staff members in the room at the time she went out the door, but no one followed her. It was February and the temperature was about to drop overnight. However, she waited in just her boots, jeans, and a light top, and she was not wearing a coat. She waited by the cattle grate at the driveway of the home. The last sighting of Serenity took place outside the children's home at 11.20 a.m., The children's home took an hour and 20 minutes to make contact with the police department. From what we know so far, this poor child has had a very dysfunctional life. And Edward, we need to get to the bottom of this and do our best to find out what really happened to Serenity. Oh, yes, we do. And, you know, we had been working with this case uh, for a few months now. So when you said we need to get to the bottom, yeah, we really do need to get to the bottom of this. Um, guys, you would have to excuse me. I'm a little under the weather. I have been for a few days, and plus I've been to the dentist. So just bear with me. Tonight we have a a special guest with us um, to talk about this Serenity Denard. This is a, a horrible story, but we felt the need that we need to cover it because we need, I, I, and we'll let the listeners judge for themselves, but I, I kind of believe that she's still alive. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Our guest, we have Senator Lynn DeSanto. Senator, welcome to Crime Pursuit. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. So, you, I have been watching, following your Facebook lives, and you are an elected official that is very, very involved in this case. There's a lot of people that don't know, being that this case took place in South Dakota. So let's start from the beginning about Serenity Denard and what you know about her. Sure. Well, Serenity uh, came from a sort of a difficult family situation. Uh, Two young parents, they were not married to each other. Uh, The mother ended up going to uh, prison, and then the father had custody. Then he ended up going to prison also. And so then his parents, the grandparents on dad's side, were watching Serenity. She was a young girl. And the state got involved due to the parents' legal situation and ended up taking custody of her. Um, So at this point, this little girl ends up in foster care, very tragic, you know, being removed from the family, and bounced from foster home to foster home when she was a little girl. And, uh, you know, that is not a great situation for a child to grow up in. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, I was told that she's been in 13 maybe more homes or foster homes or whatever? Yes, that is my understanding, that she was moved around quite a bit. And interestingly enough, you know, one of the diagnoses that has been reported for Serenity is what's called reactive attachment disorder, or RAD. And the state has blamed that on the parents' incarceration. My opinion, as many others, I think, is that when you have a child that's in 13 foster care homes when she's a little girl... If she didn't already have an attachment problem, she sure would after being in 13 different foster homes because how does a child have any sense of what normal is when you're bounced from home to home when you're little? That's not a good environment for a little kid. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree with you you all the way. Now, do you know why she was moved around so much? Uh, I don't really have that good of an understanding about that. Um, I'm not exactly sure. In South Dakota, we do have a, a massive shortage of foster care families, and um, I think the state is stretched pretty thin on it. And uh, I, I would assume it probably has something to do with the families and the lack of people being able to 
step up and, and, and keep the girl for as long as was needed. Okay, because, you know, when I was looking into the case, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, 13 different foster homes. I mean, that's a lot for a small, I mean, because this went on pretty much all her life, right? Yes, it was, she she at one point did be, was adopted, um, but prior to that, yeah, she, she really moved around, it seems to be, every couple months. I actually, interestingly enough, had a, one of the foster mothers call me and talk to me, who had had Serenity, and she reported her as a lovely young girl, enjoyed having her immensely, had nothing but positive experiences with her. And when I said, well, why did why was she then taken from your home? And she actually said that she was taken from her home because the state worried that this foster mom had become too involved emotionally with this little girl and that there had not been the distance that they thought she should have what? bonded a little too much right so they moved her that's what the that's what the foster parents said that too much of a connection so they moved her wow that i mean you would expect that that parent would be you know as close as they would you know treat them like your own child you don't want them to be yes. abusive and you know, emotional and, and, and physical, that, that didn't even make sense. Yes. Wow. She was quite upset about it, and she that's why she reached out to me. She had found out what had happened to Serenity, and she called me, and she was crying, and she said, I was one of the foster moms. I loved that little girl, and when they took her from my home, I was devastated. And she said the state said we'd gotten too close, and it was time for her to move, and she said, I've worried about her for all these years, wondering how things turned out for her. And when she found out she was missing, it just absolutely broke her heart because she had wished that she had been able to keep her and actually adopt her even. Hmm. Okay, do you know is where, what number did she fall in? Was she the last foster parent? Uh, number no, she six? was not. No, I don't know. I think she was somewhere in the middle of the number. I, I don't think she was the first or the last. Okay. So it's just interesting to know why she was removed from the other ones, because did anybody tell you that she had a behavior problem? Uh, no. I mean, the the state has said that she had a behavior problem based on her paperwork and what they've documented about her, but we have not had firsthand reports um, from anyone that has reported that, including the biological parents. I've talked to both biological mother, father, and grandparents, and they said that before they lost custody of her, that she was a very sweet, engaging little girl and that they were not having behavior issues with her at all when she was removed from them. Okay. Huh. So where did I, you said you talked to the biological mother. Where, where is she at, on, you know, um, with this whole thing? Yeah. So the biological mother is still in prison, um, doing a uh, prison sentence. So I actually went to the prison and spoke with her there. She's devastated. I mean, this is, um, this is her youngest child. And uh, she named her Serenity, she said, because she didn't had a tough life. And when Serenity was born, she believed that this child would be a fresh start for her and was going to bring Serenity into her life and into the world. And that's why... She named her that, and uh, it's devastated her. You know, imagine you're incarcerated. You're, you're totally helpless. You can't leave. You can't go search for your child, and you find out because someone shows up at the prison and says your daughter's missing. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Your hands are completely tied, and, of course, she has lost her right to serenity, um, but she can't even go look because she's incarcerated, and so it's, it's been very difficult for her. So the day that she went missing, it was Super Bowl Sunday, February 3rd. Um, it was reported as, as a normal day. Uh, I actually spoke directly with the therapist that she was seeing at this time. That therapist reported that her behavior was normal. There had not been anything unusual that had happened. You know, she hadn't had a big mental breakdown or some, or some type of thing happened. We do know that the day or two prior that um, her adopted father and new wife had come to Children's Home and visited Serenity and brought their new baby. They had just had a baby, so Serenity had just had her adopted father have a child with a new wife. 
They brought the baby, Serenity met her. The pictures that are actually used of her in the missing posters, the baby is cropped out. That was actually a picture taken with that new child um, when they visited her. So then within a day or two of that, she's in the gym um, during sort of, you know, a leisure time for the kids. She's in this children's home. The father had placed her there. The adopted father had placed her there. And um, she ran out the door, and they watched her run out, and no one no one chased her. I mean, they ran up. They just watched her run out, Super Bowl Sunday, there she goes. And they waited a, an hour and 40 minutes until they called the police. And so some very valuable time was lost. And, and you have to understand that the center that she's at, Children's Home, is located in the woods. This was an isolated area. There is not a town around it. There's big pine trees and rock outcroppings and caves. Uh, there's there's wild animals. There's mountain lions. I mean, this is a very mountainous area. And so when she ran out that door, she was essentially running into the woods. And she was never, and this, aside from one sighting of someone that spotted her, she has not been seen again. Okay. Do you know why the foster parents put her in that group home? Uh, we do. So it's adopted parents. So what happened is Serenity gets adopted by a couple who divorce each other one year later. So, you know, finally you get adopted, right? You get adopted. Your stability is supposedly going to happen. Hi, we're your parents. And then one year later they divorce. And so now Serenity's bouncing back and forth between adopted mother's home and adopted father's home. Both of them remarry other people. So Serenity now has, it's a little confusing. you got adopted mom and stepdad. You've got adopted dad and your stepmom. So you have two couples that are sharing custody of her. And um, the, at the time that she was placed, she was with adopted dad and his new wife. And they reported that her reactive attachment disorder was was escalating, that she was um, doing some self-harming and um, showing fits of anger and that they were concerned about her. And so they actually um, decided that she should be placed at that time. Okay. Now, were they allowed to use the phone to call family, friends, or whatever? Uh, no, they do not. Mm -mm. Is there any kind of way they can sneak on a the phone there at the facility and call a family <laughs> member? <laughs> I, I suppose anything is possible. I mean, there is a phone. I've been out there and spent time out there looking around the facility. There are phones there. Um, you know, I don't. the children are not given free access to them, but certainly I would think a child could make a phone call if they wanted to bad enough. There, there probably would be a way. It probably would be a way. Yeah, that mm -hmm. it would make sense. Yep. So she comes up missing. You said they wait an hour and, what, uh, 40 minutes? Correct. Did you ever ask why they wait so long? It, well, and they waited an hour and 40 minutes, and we also found out that the radios that the staff had were not working that day and not were on different channels. So they actually did announce in that time period that she was missing, but most of the staff were not hearing it because of the lack of the radio system working or anything that day. So there was just a total breakdown within the center as far as the communication. Oh, wow. What about the cameras? No cameras were were working or were used that day, is what we've been told. There are some cameras on the facility, but they're saying that uh, none of this was recorded because the cameras were not working that day in that area. So here we are. We have the, the staff don't have their radios working. They right. don't have their cameras working. Yep. I mean, what else went wrong this in particular day? It's pretty incredible. I mean, when you think about an institution that specializes in children that have emotional and behavioral issues, if there were ever a place that needs to have a system down, it would be a place like this. These are kids that are incredibly, incredibly vulnerable and that things can go wrong. I mean, these types of kids uh, can do things very spontaneously. They could have acts of aggression or could be fighting. Um, there could be self-harming, and so it's pretty incredible to imagine that in a facility like that, that there could be such a fundamental breakdown in the process. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because, um, you know, when I when I was reading this, and I'm like, 
well, the camera's not working this in particular day. Okay. I mean, things can go wrong, mm -hmm. but it was kind of odd to me. Now, <clears throat> I had reached out to quite a few people. Uh, I was told that this Serenity had ran from this group home more than once. Is that true? Well, what we had been told, and this has come from um, a number of people, is that Serenity had a history of running away. Uh, she had run away um, from when she was with her adoptive parents, both sides, mom and dad, she would on occasion run away, and that was often how she dealt with um, when she was upset, she would take off. But what her mother, um, the adoptive mother, Darcy, has stated is that she would run away, but she would always come back. So they wouldn't worry that much because she'd run out the door, and within 10 minutes it was, you know, it's kind of like little kids when they say, that's it, I'm running away from home, and, and you kind of go, okay, and then five minutes right. later they're back and saying, I'm hungry, what's to eat? Um, you know, that, that that was, she did run away, and she had in the past done this, but that she had never stayed gone long and that people sort of perceived it as her way of sort of blowing off steam when she was upset. Okay, okay. So she had a history of running away. Yeah. Do you know how many times she ran away from the actual group home facility that, that where she was at? I do not know that number. I do not. Okay. Well, more than twice, two, three times possibly? It, uh, I, I honestly don't know. I'm not sure if it was one or two or three. I, I, they did say that she had before, but I'm not sure if it was. I didn't get a sense that it was over and over again. I got a sense that it was maybe one or two times before. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I also read a lot, and a few people had told me that she was seen, someone was dropping a granddaughter off or something, and seen her at the gate, a cattle gate or something? Mm -hmm. Can you talk about yes. that? Yep, so that was the last reported sighting of Serenity. Um, so there's a cattle guard that is right on the main highway in front of the center. And so that there was a grandmother that drove by and reported that she saw Serenity standing at the highway right there at that cattle guard, and she turned into the children's home, was inside just a few minutes, taking a grandchild back, she had to sign her in, and then got back in her car, drove back out the exact same way, and by the time she came back, that Serenity was not standing there anymore, and that she actually, because she thought it was peculiar, the child standing there, she made note of the fact that as she drove away, she didn't see her walking down the road, or it was as if the child had disappeared in that few minutes. She was just gone, and, and that was it. Was there someone who uh, said that they saw, at first thought they saw, Serenity at a movie theater with a male, and then mm -hmm. saw her again in the restroom and got a better look at her, and they were positive that it was her? Yes, yeah. This has been one of the stories. I've spoken directly with this woman so interestingly enough, the police and the sheriff's department that have been involved in this sort of right out of the gate said, this is a child missing in the woods. You know, we're mm -hmm. looking in the woods, she's in the woods, that's where she's at. And so that was really the main focus is that she had wandered off and she was in the woods and they would find her. But shortly, within a matter of a couple of days of this disappearance, there is a woman that claimed that she is certain that she saw Serenity. Um, and she said that she was at a at a movie theater, and she saw a man with a little blonde girl, and that the little blonde girl had no shoes on. And she noted that, that that was so unusual, a child in a movie theater with no shoes on, and that even her clothes looked too big for her, like uh, hand-me-downs of an older sister's or a mom's or something that they didn't fit her quite right. And, and so it caught her attention. She ended up um, in the restroom for a few minutes with the little girl. She said that she took a better look at the little girl in the restroom and was certain that it was Serenity, that it looked like her. Um, she did call in and report this to the police, and we did find out later that it was not followed up on um, because the movie theater, when we called the movie theater and said, did the sheriff's department get a hold of you? Because there was actual footage 
this movie theater has footage of everyone coming in and leaving, and this is all videotaped, and their cameras work, evidently. Mm-hmm. So um, they tried to, and that, that footage was never requested by the police. So um, we don't believe that it was ever followed up on. Amazing. So you mean to tell me the police did not request any of these videos? Did they even investigate? That's- Right. They they did not. Based on the movie theater manager was asked, were you contacted by the sheriff's department to review the videos of that day? And he has said no. So there are many people that believe that was a missed opportunity. Now, that would mean that Serenity is not in the woods, that she has been kidnapped by someone. And I have always been of the opinion that there is a good possibility that that's what's happened. But I don't believe that our law enforcement has been so sure of that. I think they have been more sure that she just disappeared into the woods. And and granted, finding a child that goes into the woods with rocks and caves and all the things around it is difficult. I understand. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. and, And that's what they've been doing. But when you look at a child standing at the highway that someone sees and then they're gone in a few minutes, it does think that maybe she got picked up and that if she was picked up, that she could be anywhere. Exactly. Well, you know, exactly. Now, let me say this before we get into that part. I was told that Serenity was very intelligent and that she created a diversion to get out of that building. What do you know about that? Yes. That's exactly how the staff reported it. The staff actually said that what it appeared to happen was that Serenity and another little girl had actually pre-planned this. So what happened is this other child created a diversion and did something that got all the staff paying attention to her and that it seemed pretty clear that Serenity and her had created this moment so that she could run out the door. And so that makes you, that certainly lends to the idea that this was planned, this was intentional, this was not just a spur of the moment I'm going to run out the door, but this was, I'm going to run out the door at this time from this place. So that's certainly how it appears based on the way that it all went down. And it's funny you said that because let's describe what she left behind and what she was wearing. So my understanding is she was in a white long sleeve shirt, a pair of jeans, and a pair of boots but they were just sort of what you would describe as not real mountain boots or real good boots, but kind of cute fashion boots that a girl would wear. So keep in mind, it's it's mountainous. It, the weather is, at this point, not freezing, but it's going to be soon. It's cool outside. And so she had no jacket, no hat, no gloves, Um, you know, not shoes that were appropriate for outside at all. And so she was really dressed for someone that, in my opinion, did not anticipate being outside for very long. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because when when I read that, this didn't sound like Serenity was getting prepared to go run in the woods. You know, she's been there quite some time. She knows the weather conditions. She knows how, you know, things work there in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Sound like in Serenity had a time frame for this to happen, and she had it happen when her friend created this diversion. It was at a certain time, and for her to did this this way, she could go to her meeting point, but she's not going to be in the cold because if she knew she was going to be out there for some white time, she would have had a coat on. Mm-hmm. She would have ran out with the coat. Do you agree? Yes, she would have been cold very quickly. Um, you know, and this little girl, this is not, we're not talking about a th- three or four year old. This girl is nine, almost 10 years okay. old. Okay. Okay. And she's described as very street smart. Part, you know, again, you've been bounced from foster home to foster home. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad are in prison. What happens? You, you're a little wise for your age and you're, and you're very smart. Everyone said this little girl is smart and that people would underestimate her. Um, because she's kind of this cute little blonde thing, and people kind of think, oh, you know, but little did they know she was savvy, street savvy, and very smart. So I believe she would have said, it's cold out, I need a cold. I mean, this girl knows where she is. She knows what it's like outside, and she didn't take one. And that, and that's just what I was, when I was going through this, mm-hmm. and now that you're confirming that she was street smart, 
She was very intelligent. This was planned out. You, you called it you called it real good earlier because this was planned out. Someone it, it, and I could be wrong, Senator, I could be wrong. But I'm I'm believing that someone picked her up. I'm believing Serenity got on that phone somewhere in that facility and made arrangements and said, hey, I'm not happy here. I hate it here. I want to come stay with you. And when you it, it is very possible because when you look at all these different homes that she's been in, someone, someone took a real liking to her. Someone got attached to her. And we, we can say that things like this do happen. This is reality. It can happen. Do you agree? Yes. Well, and to back that up even further, when once the police arrived, okay, we have a we have an hour and forty minute window till the police are called. Then we have forty five minutes till the police show up and are actually looking for her. When they showed up, they brought uh, dogs that sniff a person's scent that follow follow people. That dog, those dogs tracked Serenity's smell. They you know they they brought clothes of hers. The dogs smell the clothes. And these are highly trained dogs with their hammers, and that they track this little girl out the door across a field to the cattle guard, and boom, stops right there. Stops. Not another. The dog stopped and said, this is the end of her trail. Well, if that little girl kept walking into the woods, they would have continued, I believe, to track her. Exactly. stop. Exactly. And yet there have been many, many searches in the woods for her. You know, many. Right. I mean, there's been hundreds of searchers in the woods for her. But, I mean, those those dogs are trained, and they said this is the end of the scent. Now, I talked to some of the people involved that have said, well, those dogs aren't 100%, and a lot of things can happen, and oh, you never boy. know. But it is pretty suspect that where that grandma saw her, last is the same place that the dog smelled her. Exactly. And I was just going to point that out because here you have a witness that said they saw her standing there. So Mm -hmm. she felt comfortable enough to stand there because when you run from something, you run to get as far as away as you can. That's if you're going to do this by feet. Now, if you got a car coming, it's okay to wait because you know you have a car coming. That makes sense? So here you have the witness that seen her standing there waiting from whomever, and then the police dogs come back, and that's where the scent stopped. Well, that would only make sense that she got inside of a car, truck, or van. Well, and with the number of searches that have been done with every one of them, it just, you more and more think that. I mean, it's... I mean, there have been drones, there have been dogs, there there have been hundreds of people on foot. I mean, they have looked and looked for this little girl in a surrounding area. Even if, let's say she did, let's say hypothetically she did walk away and she wasn't picked up, how far is she going to get with no coat in the cold? Exactly. Right? I'm I'm a grown woman, and, and, you know, if I started walking in the cold with no coat, I might make it maybe a mile, maybe a mile and a half. I'm not going to make it far before I'm going to be too cold. And instead, you know, I mean, so even though they say, well, there's a lot of areas to search, she would not have made it that far if she walked. And that area has been searched and searched around the, around the home. I'm sure that the staff at the home were interviewed by the police. Is, is there any explanation as to why there, there were three of them and not one of them went after her when she ran out the door? Uh, well, I can tell you that the staff... There's a specific staff member. I do not know the name of that staff member. It's been not disclosed. That specific staff member that was sort of, I guess you would say, identified as the one that should have done something and did not. Mm -hmm. She was moved from day shift to night shift, I was told, because of her inept, that she didn't react. So they moved her to night is sort of her penance for letting a child run out, uh, and she was told that she did not handle it appropriately, um, and the, they were, the, the center director said that the staff was not trained appropriately and did not handle it correctly, and so he has said it wasn't handled right, and our staff, he actually said that the staff wasn't prepared for the scenario because the scenario hasn't happened before, is what he said. Um, but we actually know that that's not true. <laughs> this, this scenario has happened before. People have left. Um, but he blamed it on sort of, well, it was a fluke situation. Our staff didn't know what to do because 
this has never happened before is the way he explained it. Is it also true that she, or I know that they are saying that there was a diversion created by her friend, um, mm -hmm. but then there was something also stating that she had a disagreement with the staff before she went out the door. So did that happen or was it just the diversion? My understanding is that it was just a diversion. I have not heard anyone specifically say that there was a disagreement because okay. Serenity's behavior was not described as that she was angry or that something had happened. Um, it was just sort of like she just ran out the door and that everyone was surprised because there had not been an incident that, in their mind, according to the witnesses, uh, would justify the child running out. And I know we haven't got to this subject yet. Cassandra, the stepmother, um, why are they trying to terminate Darcy's parental right and mm -hmm. have Cassandra adopt her serenity? Do you know yeah. why that is? Uh, well, so it's a it's an interesting situation with these parents. The dynamics has been very interesting from day one. I was contacted originally by Darcy, the adopted mom, and her new husband, Brian, who said, we need help. Our daughter is missing. Uh, we're not getting updates from the police. We're not hearing anything. They, they actually went to the children's home after Serenity was missing, and they told them that they were going to need to make an appointment to come back. Um, they would not let them see Serenity's room or any of her belongings. That was the point that they contacted me. They said, please help us. Um, we're just hitting a brick wall, and they've lost, they've lost our child. <laughs> and they, they, make, they told us we have to make an appointment to come back and wow. get inside. That's you unbelievable. Know? So, unbelievable. So they were so upset. So that's, that's how I got in the mix. Well, then I found out that, that there was a, a divorce and that there was an adopted father. So I actually called him. I reached out to him. Um, and it was interesting because I got a completely different reaction from him, which is, we don't need help, you know, we're not interested in talking, you know, just leave us alone. Really? And so I had adopted mom who's saying, please, please help. Can you make calls? Will you go there with us? What can, we, what can you do? And then I've adopted dad and his new wife, Cassandra, saying, don't call our house. We're not interested in talking to you. Um, so I just got a very different response from them. Um, and interestingly enough, some of Serenity's biological family also reached out to both sides and received very different responses from uh, adopted mom, Darcy, well, actually invited them over. Serenity's bio family went and sat at their house. They cried together. They looked at pictures of Serenity together. Um, when they reached out to the father and his new wife, Cassandra, they were... Um, not so welcomed. It did not get as much of a response from that side. So there's been a difficult relationship between them for quite some time. Um, they were not getting along prior to this disappearance. There was already strain. And uh, so them deciding to try to terminate Darcy's rights, I think, is sort of the final nail in the coffin in that relationship, which already was a very difficult one. Well, I, I just, um, I don't understand who does something like that in the middle of their child being missing. That would be the last thing you would be thinking about. Yeah, well, and that's what Darcy has said. Darcy said that when she was served with the papers um, for her rights being terminated, that she was just destroyed and yeah. couldn't believe that at this time that they were going to talk about that. I mean, while, her, while their daughter's missing... And, and and while Serenity has no chance to have an opinion, I mean, this child is now 10 years old. She's had a birthday. She's 10 years old. Shouldn't a child that's 10 be asked by the courts, how do you feel about this situation? And with with her being missing, the little girl has no input whatsoever. And, and I think everyone would agree that that wouldn't be right. Yeah, very true. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that, you know, Lori had brought that up about the court. There's been a lot of court battles on fundraisers. Let's talk about them fundraisers. What's that all about? Well, <laughs> again, we have two very divided families here. So we have um, uh, adopted dad, um, decided that he and his new wife were going to do their own fundraiser. Uh, that money was to go towards uh, the search itself, the search expenses, and help with the searchers. Um, and so uh, that was uh, Chad and Cassandra, Denard, that did that. Um, they did raise quite a bit of money and did very well. 
they did not include um, any of the biological family or Darcy, the mother. They they did not include them in the event. And uh, Darcy has uh, adopted mom and her husband, Brian. They have been a part of a GoFundMe that I've been a part of. Um, GoFundMe, uh, that money was intended for a reward fund um, for information leading to Serenity's whereabouts. And so there's been sort of two different things going on here at the same time. No collaboration amongst the families um, and and really just a lot of attacking um, on both sides. You know, I had been hearing uh, there's been a lot of fighting, a lot of threatening. I'm not saying that that what the families was doing, but I know people that were involved. Uh, when I came in and started looking into it, people was telling me, oh, you better be careful. They're threatening people's lives and uh, this and that. And it, it's just been one big mess and stuff. Everybody trying to come together to try to find serenity. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I think that has probably been what's made the public scratch their head uh, maybe the most. I mean, there's a number of reasons to scratch your head, but one of the ones has been that many of us, myself included, I am divorced. Uh, I had I share you know custody with my ex husband. I can tell you that if one of our children went missing, any issues we had in our marriage, our divorce, or any of that would be unimportant at the moment that our child is missing. And Absolutely. I would stand next to that ex spouse any day and say, "Where is our child? We must work together." And uh, sort of the, the way that it's been uh, with the attacking both online, publicly towards each other has just really been shocking. And it's made a lot of people say, poor Serenity. I mean, <laughs> this poor child, you know, she gets adopted by two people that end up fighting with each other. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of people who said this little girl was really in a situation that no one was going to come out successful in. I had watched a couple of your live videos. Yes. And it, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, did you, Have you ever been threatened? Yeah, I've had. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I've had things happen during this case that would blow people's mind. Uh, first thing that makes people say, you've got to be kidding me, is I actually went in and did an interview with a biological mom in prison with the permission of the prison. Okay. Went through all the security and everything that you have to go to when you go through a prison. I was, you know, went through past the gates and the doors. After I did that, uh, I received notification that I had been given a lifetime ban from all uh, of the <laughs> all the Department of Corrections facilities in the state of South Dakota that I've been given a lifetime ban that I'm never allowed to enter one again for conducting the interview. Um, so that was first one. Uh, I then had one of Serenity's relatives actually get online and make a threat against me um, that many people saw. Um, it was a death. It was basically a death threat, um, sort of a, a uh, you know, that I'm putting nails in my coffin. Um, I better, you know, was the term I believe that was used and that I better watch out. Um, that was reported to the police and the police had to investigate it. Um, and so there's been a lot of unusual things that have happened um, that I have had to actually worry about my own safety during this. Okay, you, now let's back up. Are you really banned from the Department of Corrections in, in South Dakota? Yes, I am. Yep, I'm the only first ever state senator to have a lifetime ban from all correctional institutions because of the interview that was done. Is there a reason why? Uh, the reason that they gave was that they said that I did it without permission. Um, the irony of that to me, again, is that I went through all the security measures, and when I was actually meeting with BioMom, her name is Rihanna, I had someone on the other side of a glass uh, wall watching us talk. We were alone in a room, an interview-type room. There was a, a gigantic piece of glass. There was a correctional officer watching me talk to her. Uh, I did record her for a time. I was holding my camera up to her to record her. I was never stopped. Um, I mean, I left that day. I had asked, but they said in when they did it that I had done that without their permission. 
so uh, it, it kind of has me scratching my head how I was able to pull that off so well if I didn't have their permission to do it in the first place. Wait a minute. They're saying you didn't have... So what, you snuck the camera in there or just walked in there itself? But evidently so. I mean, that's the way they portrayed it, but it was done without permission. Wow. Yeah. That is a bunch so, of... And I would say if it was done without permission, it was done without permission in full sight with them watching me walk through metal detectors with my camera um, and watch me actually do it. Um, so it's uh, it made me scratch my head when they said it was done without permission, that it was unauthorized. So I, I don't know how that's possible, but if it is possible, let's say hypothetically I did it without, then I would just say that then they need to up their security a little more. Absolutely. Because I'm on camera doing it with someone watching me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, you right. are so right. <laughs> I mean, because in the Indiana Department of Correction, you're not getting a phone. You're not getting nothing. You ain't getting anything in at all. That's right. Yeah. Nope. They let me take. They let me take it all in. They watched me carry it in. They knew I had. I mean, they made me empty my pockets. They saw that I had what I had in my hand. Uh, like I said, it was. I'm holding the camera up to her face while I'm interviewing her with a person watching Mr. Glass. Okay. If I was not authorized, that would have been the perfect opportunity to stop me or say, "I'm sorry, ma'am, you're not allowed to do that." That never happened. And 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 really, they should have if that was the case. Because there's no yeah. way they're going to let you get a phone or any, or any type of camera or recording device in a facility. <laughs> that is not yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it really had me scratching my head. So uh, my own personal opinion is that uh, there, there's probably some people that were not liking a little how close I was getting to what's going on. Right. I, I'm asking a lot of questions, and I'm being, I've been critical of... Uh, the investigation i've been critical and these people are not happy about that and so there's consequences to that and that's i think one of them i agree i agree all the way so tell us about another crazy story that you said um that's been happening since you've been helping with this case yes well i i like i said there's been a number of things i had a, a family member that actually made a sort of a veiled threat online i have received messages from um the adopted father's family uh, members uh, telling me I need to stop, I need to quit, um, and pressing me to stop the investigation. That has had a lot of people surprised, include myself included, just because uh, most people have said if my daughter was missing, I would have every, I would want everyone looking, everyone. I wouldn't care who you are. Please help us look. Exactly. Um, th that's not the response we've had from the one side of the family. Um, there's been, uh, I, I, I have a business, um, there's been, I've had a, a downturn in business, uh, because of things that have been said about me. Um, there was actually a woman that at one point, um, filed, um, something legally against me to try to get me to, to stop talking. Um, that was ineffective. There was a gag order. I showed up one day at our, uh, courthouse actually get documents that were all public documents related to this case and serenity and i found out that one they found they heard i was coming and that within one hour before i showed up that a judge placed an emergency gag order and sealed all documents wow. regarding the case and the reason listed was Senator DeSanto is asking for information and we want it to be stopped. So it's actually named what? As, uh -huh, as the reason to seal all documents. And that judge signed off on it. So all documents are sealed and there is a gag order now. So the gag order was created be with because of you. With my name listed right on it is the reason. That's what I, that's what I was told by uh, an attorney involved. Yep. Okay, Senator, did you try to reach out to the, the judge or get a lawyer and try to look into this further? Because you didn't do anything wrong. Right. I'm just trying to find out. I'm just trying to get information. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, I, I have not sought legal advice. Um, I've been just kind of trying to do what I can from a distance and just trying to keep Serenity's story out there. Uh, but there, it's just been, there's been a lot of personal attacks against me and I think it's been a little bit of hate, you know, the messenger, the messenger gets hit. Um, but it, it has me scratch my head. I can't think of another missing person case myself anywhere in the country that has had the sort of pushback 
overlooking. I mean, you hear about other missing children, and oh, yeah. the whole community <laughs> comes together, and everybody. We've had a very different response here. Wow. And I thought I went through a lot of stuff. When I when I hear about how every you got people are you know getting these gag orders and people are you know making threats, it makes me wonder what it is that people are trying to hide. What is it that we don't know? What What do you think happened to Serenity? Well, I am of the opinion that Serenity um, had a plan to run at that time, and that someone created that plan with her and that she ran out and was picked up and is long gone. The question is, is she dead or alive? I don't, I honestly do not know. Um, I mean, I, I do believe it was an intentional pickup, whether that person picked her up to take her to another location uh, because they had good intentions or whether someone picked her up and got rid of her because she had become a problem and an inconvenience. Um, you never know. I, I, I don't know who that is that has her. I can tell you there's been a number of psychics that have been consulted. Um, I have not personally been involved in this, but I've been told um, that there have been a number of psychics involved. And uh, the, the large, the, the bulk of the psychics that have consulted on the case have said that Serenity is no longer alive. Um, there is a couple that have said that she's being held against her will. So, you know, you can put as much stock in that as you want. Um, you never know. But uh, the bulk of them say that she has passed. So that would lead me to think that if she was taken, that someone took her and that her life has been has been taken since. And uh, that breaks my heart to say those words because I, I want this child found alive desperately. Yes. Um, but I, I, am, I am fearful that that may have been the outcome. Well, <clears throat> here's what I think. I think when... You know, I heard about how she carefully planned this, how she created this diversion, how she ran out here to this gate. She was seen there and the, the dogs lost her track there. I, it, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that uh, she planned this. She reached out to someone, like I said earlier, got this plant. This person loves Serenity. Uh, they was attached to her. They were separated for whatever reason. And I believe these two are reunited. These two or three, it could be a family. I, I don't know. But I, I, what I do know is, I, but I ain't going to say no. What I do believe, I believe Serenity is still alive. I don't think she's deceased. Um, Lori, <laughs> I mean, maybe you see it differently. But I, 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 just, I just believe she's still alive. Well, I hope she's still alive. Yeah, me too. Um, but the fact that the police didn't follow up on the woman reportedly seeing her in the theater uh -huh. is that's a sad sad mistake right there yeah um but that right there gives a little bit of hope that she can still be alive yeah i agree too i agree you know senator i'm sorry that you have went through and and i got to give it to you you have been doing a wonderful job keeping Fantastic. this story you know out front you have been doing wonderful and I heard you had been taking hits and threats and, you know, stuff like that. So is this going to affect your, your seat? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I've had people say, uh, you, you'll never win another election. And, you know, first of all, I don't know if I care. But the, the reality is when you're doing the right thing, you do the right thing. And whatever the consequences are, they are. And yes. I've said that all along. This little girl's story touched me so much. And looking into her adopted mother's eyes and seeing the pain that Darcy was in um, touched me at such a deep level as a mother that I don't care. I will do the right thing, and uh, if I have personal consequences, I do. Um, but when you do the right thing, you do the right thing. That's what it right, is, right. and that's where I'm at. And that's why I ran for office in the first place. And so I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to help this family the way I have. And uh, I just feel like uh, it all will turn out the way that it's meant to in my own professional career. And I just pray that someday I get to hug Serenity Denard and look her in the eyes and tell her, you were missed, you are loved, you are important. We never stopped looking for you. The people that love you, that are ready to embrace you and take you in and make the rest of your life great. Yes. I know it's been rough, but it's going to get better. And I, I, hope I that just day pray comes. that we have that opportunity yeah. someday. 
Yes. Well, I also want to let you know that me and some team members will be coming to South Dakota. I'm not going to say when um, because I don't want to, you know, to put uh, any threat on me and my team members. But we are planning to come to South Dakota. So and we will look forward to meeting you. So um, I just I just believe that this girl is still alive. And I think there's some answers somewhere. Somebody knows something. So um, you just keep doing what you're doing. Regardless, like you said, you don't care what the outcome of the election. You're going to keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for doing that. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for getting her name out, her story out. You know, I appreciate all the people um, that follow me on, on Facebook. Um, it's lynnseekstruth.com uh, on Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I talk about Serenity. I talk about some other missing persons cases as well. Um, but every person that shares this and keeps her name and face out there, the worst thing that could happen is she's forgotten. And so every right. share, every every podcast, every opportunity to get her face out, her name out, is helpful. And I, so I'm very grateful to you guys for, for caring about Serenity. She she could be easily glazed over. She was a little girl that had some maybe behavior issues and had had a rough life. A lot of people could discount her and write her off. Um, and so people like you that say this girl is important and we need to focus on her, I appreciate it very much. And I know I speak on behalf of uh, her adopted mother, Darcy Gentry, who I spoke with, um, who is very grateful that you guys are talking about her. Well, you tell her that we're not done. And... Like I said, we planning on coming there to South Dakota. So we will always keep this story out, especially when we get our website up and going. So, But like I said, once again, Senator, thank you so much. And please keep up the good work. And if you need anything, uh, you know how to reach out to us. And we'll see what we can do. So uh, in the meantime, keep fighting for serenity, huh? Keep fighting. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Well, you take care. We're going to get up out of here. Um, all you people that are listening right now, uh, like I said, I've been under the weather and we are redoing Crime Pursuit. We still haven't got the website done and we still got a lot of stuff to do with Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, all that. We still got a lot of work to do. So I got to get better. I got to heal and, and everything. So me and Lori was talking about that earlier. So, but we still out here fighting no matter what we're in pursuit so thank you for listening good night